Hello and welcome to I Only Like Their Old Stuff, episode 158, uh, the re-record. <laughs> Full disclosure, uh, and we'll get into it more later, but something happened and uh, we had recorded this episode fully and then I lost it. Something happened, uh, the episode audio got fucked up and sadly we lost it, so we're re-recording it. You know, you'll never know what it, it's going into the vault with the death episode. Mm. Although I think the death episode actually exists somewhere on some hard drive. This one is gone to the ether forever, which is okay. That one was for us. Pour one out for us, you know? <laughs> that was for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it was a chance. It wasn't the best episode we've ever done, but it was. This probably the second best episode we'd ever done. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, wouldn't you say? Is, yeah, you know, but it's okay. Probably. We, you know, yes, y'all are missing out on it, but it's uh, you, everybody should have treated <laughs> us better, and then we wouldn't have recorded over it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those old VHS tapes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Ninja T's family videos or whatever they recorded over <laughs> skateboarding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um. Shout out to Ninja T, by the way. He's had a little rough time lately, and I uh, just want to send him some love from us. Um, and uh, yeah, shout doing all right. Shout out to Ninja T. Yeah, we love you, buddy. Ninja T is a beacon of love and acceptance in anyone's life that he touches. And Ninja T, I hope right now you're feeling that love that you give to everybody else. Same, man. We we can never give you back as much as you've given us. You're you're an awesome, dude. So. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I think I <laughs> yeah. You're right. You well, could. you're saying you have done enough for, you know, yeah, you've given back. Not me, though. Yeah, I, yeah. I me, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. You've given yeah. back, yeah. Um, so I started out strong last week with a very special song that I wrote for the show, and uh, obviously you got lost, so let me sing it again. <laughs> Fuck Donald Trump, 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 thighs like what, what, what? Let me sing it again. Let me see that thong. <laughs> Actually, don't, Donald Trump. Keep that to yourself. He do got a donk, man. He got a donk. <laughs> he got a dump truck ass. Donald Trump got a... That's, a, that's, the, title of the, that's the title of this episode. Donald Trump got a duck, dump no, truck ass. No, I'm telling you right now. I'm going to exercise my veto power. We are not going to include <laughs> that motherfucker's name in our, anywhere in, in our fucking title. episode. <laughs> Oh man. Uh this is the re-record. You already my, said it's the re-record. It's the re-record. Um that was my little, you know, my little fuck you to Donald Trump, but also my rendition of the thong song. What a classic. What an odd You kind of making me want to go listen to it again. <laughs> it is catchy, man. I'm telling you it's held up. You know? <laughs> what a strange dude Cisco is, you know? What a just odd um you remember that video i remember him with his bleach blonde hair and those big old pants and a jacket but no t-shirt underneath and those sun those glasses those yeah, goggle red, type glasses yeah and the red like red leather jacket kind of like kanye wore in the that one period of time uh, easy um it, it, wasn't he like dancing on the air or something in that video I think he was like dancing up on a ledge or something, if I remember, you know, like <laughs> side dancing, facing the camera, side panel, side scrolling, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
just him and a bunch of butts <laughs> yeah what that was a strange summer that summer that was that was one of the songs oh, of that summer man. that summer <laughs> i think it's like 2000 i remember maybe oh god i remember it so well i remember because i remember um this is a i'm not going to include all the details of this story but you know when i was younger um when i was in high school my mom lived in south carolina my dad lived in tennessee and it was about a three-hour drive mm -hmm. and my parents were cool with like i'm gonna go visit my mom so i'd get in my car 16 years old and drive three hours from knoxville to greenville south carolina and go spend yeah. the weekend with my mom and i guess that's fine like i don't know my you know it's a big driving culture in tennessee you gotta drive a long way to get anywhere and my parents both agreed that i was a better driver than anyone else in the family right. you know like i was well, like, then they didn't have to drive driver. So, yeah and uh yeah right they didn't yeah, want to drive yeah, yeah. me not to drop me off so i remember one year <laughs> me and my buddy jameson uh literally a human being not jameson the drink yeah. uh, <laughs> my old buddy we, jameson yeah <laughs> when you have known him as long as i have <laughs> jack daniels or what john daniels <laughs> son of a woman mm -hmm. So we we More drove down Pacino to South later, Carolina, yeah. spent the weekend with my mom, you know, whatever, stepdad hanging out, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we're driving back and we played that song on repeat. And we were, you know, we were 16, 17 years old. So we we're basically idiots, right? Yeah. We had the windows down on the Interstate 40, I 40, trying to holler at girls while we're driving over the Asheville Mountain, just like cruising, singing that song. Trying to see if we could holler at any girls going 60 miles an hour on the highway. Like, what the hell? Yeah. That sounds about, oh. about right. Yeah, it sounds about right. Appropriate dumb. for the song, you know? <laughs> yeah, we were trying to see that thong, you know? That thong, the thong, thong, thong. Um, I remember that was the summer that I graduated college, I think. So I newly graduated and I was doing video editing um, out of my, oh, yeah. my, 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 my little bedroom office and I, I remember i was like subscribed to a bunch of comic books at the time like i had a box at the comic shop you know so i was like reading and there were some really good comics at the time and i remember that there was an there was like a this is how big the thong song was during that summer there was a issue of spider-man ultimate spider-man i think which was like a, a retelling of spider-man that the thong song was in that in that comic book like Cisco was in the comic book. I mean, they didn't call it that directly. You know, they called it like the underwear song or something. Yeah. But it was definitely like that was referenced. That's how big that song was. Was that Spider Man shows up to a party and they're singing that song or something? It was a phenomenon. I'll, I'll, so <clears throat> his song song on Spotify yeah. has had 101 million streams. <laughs> His next song yeah. was 32 million, and then below that is just 4 million. Yeah. Well, you know. That is the definition of a one hit wonder one -hit right wonder. there. Well, I mean, that's from 1999. That was 99, is when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. Album Unleash the Dragon. I remember that. Yeah. Um, so he was in Drew Hill, too, right? Is that what it was? I think it was Drew Hill that he was in. Hold on, let me look this up. You keep talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
dead air. All right, well, all right. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. no, this all couch right. is yeah, comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I like you. Yeah, you look good behind that. Yeah, desk. Cisco, uh, Smoke, and Black, the three guys in uh, Drew, Drew Hill, Hill. Uh, American okay, R and B group. Uh, what their songs? Seven top t- top forty hits, known for "In My Bed," "Never Make a Promise," "How Deep Is Your Love." I don't know any of those songs. <laughs> but I know that Drew Hill was like a big deal. Um, yeah, I remember Drew Hill. I just don't remember their songs. Yeah. Let's see, oh yeah, it's Sesco's debut album, Unleash the Dragon, and its hit single, Song Song, Incomplete and Incomplete, were major pop successes. His second album, Return of the Dragon, did not perform as well. <laughs> well, we know that part. That was a nice little. Like, oh, Sesco's still around? Nah, I don't, I'm not going to yeah. buy that CD from Best Buy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's hard to, to, it's, to be fair, there. it's hard to follow up the thong song with anything to, to have anyone take you seriously at all. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see that thong. Thong, 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 thong. I just like, yeah. I just like when he goes, let me sing it again. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, what? I was like, what? What? He's not wrong though, you know. He's not wrong. He's he's you know he knows what he likes and he's going for yeah. it. And you know I may or may not agree with him. Yeah, I mean it's you know, I mean he asked permission to see the thong, right? Uh, he's getting verbal consent. He's, yeah. Let me see that thong? You. Question mark. <laughs> I had friends that were. De- I wasn't DJing clubs at the time, but I had friends that like they're DJs at the time, and they told me that they were like it was it was wild. The thong song era, you know, the year of the thong song was a wild time for DJ. <laughs> they're like a lot of stuff they couldn't unsee. In relation, you know, to I mean that's that's pre that's pre internet maturity. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. This pre-social media, nothing's nothing's going on the permanent record if you pull your yeah. ass out in the middle of the what? club. I made it my mission to learn every word to the song song when I was in the fifth grade because I thought it was incredibly cool. Dead air. Jackie's, well, Jackie just burst in like the Kool Aid man to my office <laughs> and said, "I'll have she you." She showed know. you that thought? She just said, "No, she's it's it's horrific." She said that she learned she wanted to learn every word of the song when she was in fifth grade because she thought it would make her look cool. <laughs> That was she went, Did it? she went to Catholic school. That's inappropriate. Get out of here. Maybe when the beat goes. <laughs> Fifth grade. Singing the thong song. I'm ashamed. Oh my gosh. How old is Jackie damn what was she Jackie twenty one or some shit? What the fuck? <laughs> She's thirty two. Damn boy. What? I don't know. Damn, <laughs> she's thirty two. <laughs> it's not like I was talking to her when she was in fifth grade. <laughs> well, she was too busy singing the thong song. This is just all right. We'll just end the episode here. Hey, I got a question content. for you. Yeah, you got any more of that meatloaf? <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't even remember that quote because I've it's it's been so long since I watched the episode. <sighs> oh, I do remember it. Caleb says it. Yep. Um. All right. What's the hype? Uh. Wait. We got we got some housekeeping to do. Oh, okay. What's the housekeeping? 
Well, for starters, big ups to Mikey for going to get a copy of Live Drugs on vinyl and listening yeah. to it today yeah. based on us. Yeah. It, usually it's the other way around. Usually it's Mikey. It really is. It. Yeah. So it was good. He said it was good. <laughs> it's good. It is good. I got a, uh, I got a text from Grizzles today. Yeah, I totally forgot about him. Carry on. He said the the text says Paho, not far off the mark. Paho, and it's an, yeah P capital P A capital H O. Okay. Uh, that'll make sense in a moment. Uh, it's from a it's a newsletter, uh, College of Natural Resource News from NC State. The article title says, Decline in Hunting Threatens Conservation Funding. And he's <laughs> highlighted um, a moment. Uh, uh, he says, for state wildlife agencies, the decline in hunting has stifled license sales and other forms of funding, leaving them inadequately staffed and able to protect critical habitat and effectively implement management programs for deer and other animals. Hunting participation peaked in 1982 when nearly 17 million hunters purchased 28.3 million licenses. Today, however, only 11.5 million people in the United States actually hunt. That's less than 4% of the national population. So, Paho, being your dad, uh, is right. These millennials these days, they, they ain't hunting. <laughs> He'll be thrilled to know that he was right. I mean, he already assumed he was right anyway, knowing my dad, but... Yeah, he'll be thrilled to know that. I'll have to bring that up at a time. I'll bring it up when Jackie's going to be there, and then I'll walk away and let him tell Jackie about it. That's the power <laughs> move, you know. Hey, Dad, how about this? Uh, I got to get some water. Be back. Well, well Jackie. I'm glad that. Did you hear? <laughs> yeah, did you hear? She'll t- she, you know what she'll do? She'll turn to him and go, baby, with the <laughs> She does know every word to the song, so. <laughs> There's not a lot of words. Let me sing it again. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'm glad that I'm, I'm glad that Grizzles took time out of his busy schedule as whatever he is, NASA scientist or whatever the fuck he does, to shit on my point, on my story. That's good. <laughs> Appreciate that. I think <laughs> no, I think honestly, what went through his mind is he saw that article title and he went on to read it. You know, and and he was thinking about you the whole time, and he thought that you know he thought to pass that along to try and earn a spot as number one fan. And the truth is, it's so funny that these perennial number two fans of the week have both sent in, you know, material this week. Thirsty material. And in fact, today, you know, to try and get that spot of number one fan. However, I've got, I've got a little something for you. Okay. You got a number one fan? I do. Okay. And it's not either of those two, right? That's not either one. No, of course not. Not of course not. Sorry, guys. Keep trying. They're so close. Um, I thought thought this was going to be the time. I thought it was going to be Mikey Uh, this time, but yeah. All right. Well, turns out it wasn't. Um, It's going to be a repeat. Okay. And I'm 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 not saying. (laughs) Look, I'm not saying that people got to buy stuff for us. Okay. Okay. But I was I was I was hanging out with shoulder surgery Dan the other week yeah. and 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 he was uh he was like hey man you got any bad chance and I was like nah man I ran out and I haven't gotten any more and he's like oh okay that's cool whatever we just went on with the night you know whatever ate our dinner that kind of thing and uh, 
And then he stopped by my work two days ago mm-hmm. and straight up pulled a bottle of batches out of his pocket and said, here you go. Hell yeah. That's a good friend right there. That's a good friend a good right friend. there. I, I mean, yeah, I'm cool with it. He gets number one fan for that for sure. That is, Of course he does. I think, but if you get it twice, you got to go in the Pantheon. I think you got to go and put you Dan, Dan in the Pantheon. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's 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 pump the brakes a little bit. You know, I don't oh, want I don't want Dan Zico to get too big. Second bottle of bad chance, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, the truth know. is, oh, Dan, Dan's a little bit. Dan would Dan's probably embarrassed to be number one fan again. Okay, you know, yeah, he's he's probably feels bad for somebody else that missed the opportunity mm-hmm. to get number one fan because he wants everybody. You know, he wants everybody. You know, he's yeah. he, Dan's a lover. You know, he's not this a fighter. Is, this is like the gift of the Magi. <laughs> I let me see it again. <laughs> that was like what? I was glad to see some that the, the, the batch ends fires are still burning in the uh in the uh Instagram message group. They were so yeah. there's been some activity with some batch ends. Well that was that was the bottle of batch ends that came from shoulder surgery Dan. Oh, gotcha. Yep. So that was you holding That's- that bottle? Yeah, yeah. Sydney was at the club training. Oh. And I was pouring that batch hands all over my lunch. She said, "Hold on, hold on, hold on." Good, good thinking on Sydney there. Um, it's like, what are you doing? She's like, "I want to get a picture with the group." <laughs> She's just like the official Iowa TOS photographer. She's yeah, well, you take yeah, a picture yeah. like that. Yeah. Hey, man. She put that me, shit in portrait mode. Made me want some uh, batch hands, you know. I I've been. I think it should be their ad campaign. <laughs> yeah, well, this this whole show should be their ad campaign. <laughs> yeah, I just busted open. You know, Ninja T got me some as a wedding present. Got me some. Uh, got me some batch hands, and uh, just busted one of those bottles open. I had been waiting because I I had some in the fridge already. You know. Oh yeah. So I cracked into okay. that new that new supply, and uh, yeah. Did you, you get anything else in the mail? I get. I did. Oh okay. Did. We'll get around to that, yeah, I we guess. Get, we'll get around to that. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, all right. So that's a, so for me. All right. Well, so oh shit, I didn't even realize in my notes. Uh, so I got two things. That's the hype. But one of those two things is it literally says Dan Batchance. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, no, you know what? You know what? You know what I've been getting back into lately. No. And I think you're going to be with me on this. I think you're going to, I think you're really going to be, I've been getting back into sandwiches. Okay. I'm down with sandwiches, man. Here's the thing I've been <laughs> doing lately. And if you, if you have this, well, I mean, I just think, I just, I've just been getting back into sandwiches. Okay. And I've been going with all different types of combinations and stuff that I used to, I used to eat, but I don't eat a lot of, or I hadn't eaten a lot of in a while because I've been kind of just like generally wasn't eating a lot of bread. Yeah. But now I'm like back on that bread train. I'm like, oh, it turns out bread's delicious. Oh, it is. I just didn't think that you were allowed to eat it. <laughs> Ain't no rule against it. Okay. Um, I, here's, here's what I've been doing a lot of lately. Toasting up that bread. Yeah. Putting cream cheese on it. Oh, yeah. Cream cheese on the inside of any kind of sandwich mm-hmm. is gonna kick it up a notch. I tell you what, there's a pl- there's a diner here that has awesome sandwiches, and their club sandwich mm-hmm. has a layer of cream cream cheese in the middle of it. 
Oh. Like in between the, you know, you, with a club sandwich, you got the stacks, you know, of bread and the everything. It's like on that, in the middle piece of the bread, you know, you got three pieces of bread on a tree club yeah. sandwich. Yeah. It's got like a little thin layer of uh, of cream cheese right in there. Right on top of that little piece of bread in the middle. It's good stuff. Mm, that sounds good. <laughs> now, here's the thing about a sandwich like that, right? Yeah. Is nothing worse in a sandwich that's too tall that becomes unmanageable it starts to the middle starts to slide out yeah it's like that meme like i don't want to have to unhinge my jaw to eat a burger yeah you know like a snake um same thing with the sandwich you don't want it to there's a point where it yeah where it topples so there's this uh there's this coffee shop i've been i've been kind of changing up my coffee shop game lately mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't go to coffee shops too often because I feel like the coffee that I make at home is better than any coffee I'm going to get anywhere else. Right. But I got a friend that works at this other coffee shop. And so I've just been, you know, I've just been trying to dab him up a little bit, get up in there, get yeah. get a hot cup of coffee in the afternoon. Because it's not far from work. Mm-hmm. And they, they have a breakfast sandwich that they serve all day. Oh, I'm into that. It's a brioche bun. Yeah, brioche is dope. It is. The bun itself needs to be in the hall of fame because i say it's brioche but it's like it's brioche plus Mm -hmm. it's so perfectly soft on the inside and it's not too crusted on the outside yeah with the egg wash like it's just fucking perfect Mm -hmm. and they have um it's uh scrambled eggs but the eggs are not overcooked so they're still really soft Mm -hmm. and like they have this homemade hot sauce and there's a little bit of onion, a little bit of lettuce, and you can get a pork belly on it. Mm-hmm. Boy, I tell you what, that's the only sandwich I'm okay eating that becomes unmanageable because the eggs are so soft they just they start sliding everywhere. Yeah, I don't care. I don't. I usually don't even make it. Like I, I started eating that thing before I've even paid. I'm like, get this in my mouth mm-hmm. immediately. That sounds delicious. That sounds like something. The pork belly is like, oh, it's good stuff. Yeah, I love putting good. an egg been, on, on yeah, egg on anything, anything sandwich related, burger related. A little egg on there. Whew, oh, good yeah. stuff, man. Tell me about it. So what? Let me yep. ask you, what's the best bread? What's your number one bread? Type, like ty- yeah. I think I think I'm gonna go uh, lightly toasted sourdough. Okay. Yeah, not yeah. I, I'm in the maybe that. maybe one standard deviation to the side of what you would expect, but not name a sourdough you met that you didn't like. Yeah, I love sourdough. Where are you going? Uh, honorable mention to King's Hawaiian bread. <laughs> I do love some King's Hawaiian bread. They, I don't know if you ever had like, I think it's uh Firehouse Subs has this like King's Hawaiian sandwich that's got mm-hmm. the coleslaw and the barbecue on the King's Hawaiian. It's like a it's like a okay. Hawaiian barbecue thing, but I'm mm-hmm. gonna go out left field here. I think that my favorite bread overall is is rye, like Jewish rye bread. Okay, I love okay. that like little bite it has, you know, and like yep. man, like a <clears throat> just a, it's just so good, you know. It makes great toast, but uh, you know, I couldn't. I think that most people would 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 side on on would not be upset with sourdough being crowned number one. I'm not. Well, I, you know, I'm going to give an honorable mention myself um, and say pumpernickel. See, pumpernickel is similar to the rye. It is. Yeah. 
and by the way, I was I was gonna say pumpernickel, like honorable mention as soon as you gave honorable mention to Hawaiian bread. Like yeah. I, it <laughs> wasn't was your rye yeah. that was give, tipping me off to yeah. the pumpernickel. I got no, I got you. I'm I'm down with that. Don't see pumpernickel very much. Not very. You can still uh, find them. You can still find. <laughs> <laughs> rye is much more available than pumpernickel, but I I'm cool with both of those. You know. Sweet. It's good stuff. Uh, you had the Reuben sandwich on the rye and everything. Yeah. Oh, oh. It's good. What's what's the Reuben. number one sandwich? What's the best sandwich ever? Well, I mean, you've already mentioned two. Well, we've mentioned three of the top five for sure, which is a Reuben, mm-hmm. a club, mm-hmm. and a breakfast sandwich. Yeah. I'm down with all those. I think I might have to go. God, I think I'd go with the Reuben. Like yeah. it's too is you can't have it all the time. No, no, it's only for for every once in a while. Yeah, um, it's too potent. I mean, if it's yeah. an everyday sandwich, I'll go BLT. BLT, you can't nothing wrong with a BLT, man. What about you? I, Cuban, Cubano. Oh, yes, uh, you, you told me you you know what you just did you what? just told the truth there that's the re- that's the that's the right answer <laughs> it is so good now it's hard to find an authentic one you know like a lot of sandwich places that are not cuban places will make one that's fine it's okay but like to get like the real my first cuban sandwich was in miami at like a cuban diner and uh, I like I was, it wasn't it wasn't it a food truck with uh, <laughs> John Leguizamo and unfortunately no, we were down Favreau. there filming a filming a video. But uh, yeah, I, I I didn't even know a Q, what a Cubano was until I went to Miami and I had one there. My friend was like, "We got to get one of these." So I had that and a Cuban coffee with it. Fantastic. Oh. Um, and that was the best one I've ever had. I've been chasing it, chasing that high ever since. You know, <laughs> um, got the dragon on your back. Yeah. They do got a good one that's like a. I, mean, <laughs> I just no time out time out. I need to make it clear. I just combined two metaphors. It's either chasing the dragon <laughs> yeah. or the monkey on your back. Yeah, you got the dragon <laughs> on your back. Speaking of callback to Drew to uh, to Cisco. <laughs> Return of the dragon. Of the dragon. Oh, let me see it again. Surprisingly, uh, and my Cuban friends will, will scoff at this, I'm sure, but surprisingly, Publix has a good Cuban sandwich. You ain't got no Cuban friends. There, I do, Papa. What about Papa? No, I'm Man, joking. I do have Cuban oh. friends. At least two. Yeah, Mikey. Mikey yeah. What you, what? I like that. Go Mikey's going to be real offended I said Papa first. I know. I can't <laughs> wait. I cannot wait. I'm it's so just on excited. brand. It's on brand. He can't be number one fan. Can't be number one Cuban friend. I'm sorry, Papa. I'm sorry. I just apologize to Papa, not Mikey. Oops. Freudian slip. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see whether or not you edit this out. No, I'm not. I'm leaving it all in. I don't care. I'm fine. Are you going to text him separately? <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't, Mikey, I, I can't believe you have him on Facebook. But... Yeah. Oh, man. I remember. Quick side note about Papo and Cuba. I was in Miami visiting Papo when Fidel Castro died. Wow. And 
we went to uh, Versailles or Versailles. I can't remember, um, the, you know, like how it's meant to be pronounced, but it's this diner mm-hmm. in little Cuba, right? In Miami. And it's like straight up where every politician goes to glad hand with yeah. the locals and all that kind of stuff. And we went there, like Papa was taking me there to like, show me all the hot spots of Miami, all the different, you know, we were, I was there for a couple of days. Yeah. He was showing me his city. Like it was that we, he, he was happy to play tourist with me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we are there getting Cuban coffees and some pastries and whatnot. And it was the morning that uh, Fidel died and the news was there. And straight up, they interviewed Papo for the news. <laughs> That's great. And I filmed them filming him because I was so enamored with, like, you know, I mean, it's Papo. He's got, you know, the man yeah. is nothing if not great with words. Yeah. And he, uh, and so I, I'm going to see if I can't go find that video. I'll send I want to see you. that. It's I definitely want to see that. Oh, man. Wonderful. Anyway, what's your hype? So your hype was sandwiches? Sandwiches, yeah, baby. Yeah, I'm down. I'm good with that. So, uh, my hype is that <clears throat> I noticed that our wedding registry got blown up a couple weeks ago, meaning that we Uh-oh. we get a notification when somebody buys something off of it, mm-hmm. and uh, I got the notification, and like it, it's somebody. Sometimes they'll tell you who it is, and sometimes it just says anonymous, right? Uh-huh. So I saw it. I was like, oh, we, oh, somebody bought us those steak knives. Uh cool. I guess. Um, you know, steak knives, but um, we were really excited about that. But uh, then I saw, oh shit, somebody bought us, somebody bought this this Akira box set too, which was one of the bullshit things I put on there just to see if anybody would get it for me. You know, Jackie was see like, if there's any suckers out Jackie there. Jackie was like, put all any bullshit you want on there, and she wanted a bunch of graphic novels and stuff anyway. And like my friend was like, hey, check out this Akira box set, it's dope. And so I put it on there. And uh, <clears throat> so I got the notification for that too. And both of them were anonymous, right? And uh-huh. f- about five seconds went by and I went, oh, David bought me those. <laughs> <laughs> because, I, well, the steak knives didn't give it away. You know, you bought us the steak knives, but I was like, uh, David and I are both huge Akira fans. So I guarantee <laughs> you he's the reason that I got bought. 100%. So it showed up, and I've been waiting for the show to to say this. That's why I hadn't like texted you or anything about right. it. Right? Yeah, of um, course. Yeah, yeah. I kind of i I had forgotten that I did it. Yeah. Because like when I did it, I was like, oh, he's probably going to talk about this on the show. And yeah. then it wasn't until you brought it up about Ninja T and Bad Chance, I was yeah. like, wait a second. And then I totally anyway. Go on. Yeah. So the it arrives, and it of course it's got the note in there that says you know from you, and. That Akira box set is gigantic. It is huge. I've got to take a picture of it. It is, it is a very large box with all the you know it's got the whole really? collection in it. Yeah, and it's it's way larger than I thought it would be because it's got all the Akira um mangas in it. So it's like the whole series, you know, um, which went on a long time. It's, it's a lot more. So now than it's just taking. <laughs> So it is the gift of the Magi. It's taking up too much space in your house. <laughs> well, I have to build it. I have to build a, 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 a custom shelf for it. You know, that's how big it is. I mean, to, we just live I in the Akira box. Take it out. The, take it out of the storage unit in the back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just. We're just. We've, we're just moving into the Akira box set. It's, we're gonna live in the box. <laughs>
and uh, <laughs> it is huge, man. And like, I have not read, I haven't read it yet or anything, but it is like because it's it, there's the the manga went on for so long. The the movie is only one small sliver of the the manga, you know. Oh, um, yeah. It's it's like a whole thing. Like it went on for like I think like a couple decades, you know. Okay. Um, and it and it continues the story past where the movie is, and and, and there's some differences too. You know, he made it. The uh, whoever that the guys that that wrote it is the same guy that directed the movie, I think. Um, uh huh. And uh, yeah, he he made some changes for the movie because he wanted it to be like its own thing. But I'm really excited to dig into that. So I appreciate it. Thank you, man. We we Heck both yeah. We both thank you because Jackie wants to read it too, and we are you know I'll think of you every time I use the steak knives too. You know. Well, uh, you know, I figured one uh. You know, one cool thing and one sober thing. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. We needed the steak knives. It's not the most like exciting gift, you know, but we really did need them. And because uh, we got the we got the matching uh, chef's knives to go with them, you know, it's the same brand and oh, okay. everything. So it's got the same right. rosewood handle and all that stuff. Yeah, we got we got some nice rosewood. Uh, a rosewood. We got some <laughs> nice uh, nice uh, chef, you know, kitchen knives, and so that that goes with it. So we appreciate it. Sweet. But, uh, yeah, I'll send you a picture of this this box set when I get it <laughs> put on a shelf. It's it's awesome. It's so big. It is it is like an appropriate gift from you because it is gigantic and you know outlandish, unnecessary. Um, yeah, 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 totally. I I you know my ideology ultimately about gifts are that they they should not be something that somebody would have gotten for themselves. Well, that's exactly why I put certain things on the on the registry, you know. Like I was, because Jackie yeah. was like, "This is our chance to get stuff we would never get." And yep. so we both put stuff on there like that, that would like not be normal. And some people made jokes about it, and then people were like, a lot of people were uncut, like, "Oh, if I get this, Jackie's gonna be mad." I was like, "No, no, she's not. She wants that too." Like, it's all good. yeah. Like, yeah. Well, but, I mean, uh, you're lucky. It. My first thought was just to send y'all a bunch of sex toys wrapped individually <laughs> with outside their boxes. Yeah, that my neighbors would love seeing that. Yeah, show up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Nancy, Nancy would be like, "What's going on over there?" Nance, Nancy, Nance, avert thine eyes. <laughs> Let me sing it again. <laughs> so, um, uh, my my not the hype is is running errands. Yeah, I'm 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 I, I've been having to run a bunch of errands as of late. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to like, I don't know what's worse or I don't know which is a better strategy. <sighs> do you like one or two every day or just cluster them all into one day? I think you just do it all in one day, man. You think all in one day? I think so. I mean, I'm sure that somebody could do the math on, well, you spend less time if you do them all in one day. But like, man, if you know you got like run like six, seven errands, all different parts of town, like, no, like, what you gonna do that with your day off? Yeah, like my schedule's oh. so flexible that I can leave in the middle of the day and go do that stuff and come back and pick up where I was, you know. Wow, but not everyone has that luxury. It's so not the hype. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Really? See, I, <laughs> I would say there's like one in four errand running days. I actually enjoy it. Well, you're living in a different reality now. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, so, yeah, you're, that's, you're working from home. I am working from home, but there's, I am so, uh, so not interacting with people now that 
most of the time when I run errands these days, I just have a constant panic attack. Because I'm like, uh, mm. uh, I'm out in there's public, there's people, I don't see people ever. There's traffic. <laughs> this is what it's like out here. I want to go back to my house. Um, but, you know, it just depends. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, um, I feel productive at the end of it. But usually, I mean, most of the time, right? You did those yeah. things. But a lot of time you run an errands, you like, you, when you're done, you got nothing to show for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe some groceries, you know? Well, you gotta you, you gotta put something fun in there. Make going make going to the comic book store one of your one of your errands. Oh, yo, maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe I'm gonna sprinkle that in now. Hey, man, I don't know when the last time you went to a comic book store is, but it's still pretty cool. It's been a long time. It's it's still fun to go. You know? I gotta figure out where they are up here in Rhode Island. I guarantee you, they got one in Rhode Island. Definitely, they got a comic book yeah. store in Rhode Island. We'll get some yeah. of these locals to tell me about it. Probably, probably at HP Love House backyard or something. What HP Lovecraft's backyard? HP Love House. Yeah, the great HP Love House is from Providence. <laughs> a, we'll just yeah. it, the, actually that's the name of the comic book store. <laughs> HP Love House. <laughs> HP Love House. <laughs> What's your not the hype? My not the hype is uh, losing that episode of the show. Yeah. Um, I, it, it crushed my soul because I was I sat down to edit it and I use the Adobe Suite for everything, so I'm like using the Adobe Audition to record and, and edit. And it's one of those things where like I set it to not auto update, but there's a master update that happens that turns all your settings back to default, and it happens about once a year. And that thing happened, and so it turned all my auto updates on again. So it updated in the middle of me working on the thing, and it caused it to just delete all the audio. Like while I was working on it, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And I tried to revive it for like it took me like an hour to try to get it to re like re like undo it, and it wouldn't do it. And I was just like, "Fuck!" Like I hadn't put any time into editing it, so that part wasn't too bad. But I was just like, "Damn it! I hate to lose like you know we put time into recording it, so it yeah. it bothered me for like a, a week." That's why last week when you were like, oh, I don't know if I can record, I was like, man, I'm not in the mood to record. I'm still salty about losing that. Man, it's always, it's always, well, it's not always like that. But, you know, it's so funny. We, we, we record on Thursday nights. Yeah. And then I think last week I was like, hey, can we do Friday instead of Thursday? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's fine. We'll do Friday. Yeah. And then all day Friday, I was I had such a busy day. I have fucking run errands. Yeah. And, uh, and I was dreading it all day. And I don't usually dread recording. I'm, you know, like there's one sense of like, oh yeah, I gotta do that. You know, like a couple of weeks ago, I was like really tired. You know, yeah, Thursdays yeah. are like yeah. early for me. But uh, I, was, I was like, I don't want to fucking do this. But I'm not gonna back out. I'm not gonna be the one that backs <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and well, I think you called me. I I I I, I took the bull by the horns and was like, I don't want to do it. Which you know? it never happens though. No. You never call me on the phone. No, I don't. And nine times out of ten, when I call you on the phone, you don't actually fucking answer it. (laughs) (laughs) My phone's been on silent for like five years. So you got to catch me with the phone in my hand. Yeah, well, yeah, you called me and I was, you know, I had that moment of anxiety. I was like, oh, boy, he's he's trying to figure out what time we're going to record. He said, I don't feel like recording. It was like, yes, Jesus. (laughs) I was like, fuck this shit. And then yeah. now we've experienced the past week. Fuck everybody giving us shit for not having an episode. Oh, out. the episode, huh? What what show? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that podcast that you guys used to record. Yeah. 
Uh, hilarious. That's why you guys don't have a successful podcast and we do. Because we're... <laughs> <laughs> oh, successful. Get some new material. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard out here in these yeah, streets, you know? It you got to be hilarious. This is tough. So I had some good... So I, I, on a... What? Oh my God, Jackie! Just I hope she's okay. She's a lot of loud, loud noises coming from the kitchen. Um, That's, that thought, she's dancing. <laughs> yeah, she is. Let me sing it again. Um, <laughs> I man, I had some good memes on uh on inauguration day, and <laughs> you know, so some of our fans were blowing me up in the uh, blowing up my ego in the old uh, Instagram chat, saying how how hilarious I am. I'm just like, yeah, I've been, I just tell, I've been telling y'all. Trying to they, tell just, they were just trying to get another episode out of here. They? Yeah, right. Yeah. They didn't say anything about your memes. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <laughs> <laughs> the idea. Actually, I created a meme two days ago. Did you? Yeah, I made my own little meme. <laughs> of what? <laughs> It's a weightlifting specific, and I put it on the weightlifting's Instagram page, yeah. like our our story for the Providence Barbell Club. It was uh, that scene in uh, Goodwill Hunting where he's talking to the guy through the window. He says, "You like apples, you know? How, <laughs> how about them apples?" And he slams he slams yeah. the napkin on the window. How do you like them apples? Yeah. I've 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 I did I put white out over the uh, napkin, and I wrote, "If you have to ask, it wasn't a power." Which is like specific to whether or not you says that you in the weightlifting you do a snatch or a clean and jerk and you do a power a power snatch is where your hips are above your knees so you yeah. don't go into a full squat and we've been doing a bunch of power snatches and power cleans at the gym over the past month and so naturally people will do you know you're supposed to build up to a heavy weight and like they'll look at you and be like was that a power. And often I'll just say, yo, if you had to ask, you know, it wasn't a fucking power, (laughs) you know, and uh, I put that up on the Instagram story and I have about five, six people, you know, respond to that saying, I feel personally attacked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is a a successful meme then. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, I I can only imagine how long it took you to edit that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to think of that. Fuck you. <laughs> I put you white so out hard. on it. You printed it out and put white out on it and took a picture of it. No, <laughs> I didn't know that. No, Austin. <laughs> I put white out on it. Yeah. I printed it out, put yeah, white out on it, took a picture saying. of it. Yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah, I believe that. <clears throat> <clears throat> I just sent it to you. So you have to see it. <laughs> okay, too. good. I just need to, yeah. You just sent it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wow, it is pretty. Uh, yes, it's, it's. It almost looks real, like it. It was really part of the movie. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck you. You're the worst friend. I, I mean, you know, I just keep it real. I'm the best friend. <laughs> I'm the best friend. You can hope for it. Oh shit! What? What? Uh, are we moving into hype still out? Uh, I did just did my hype still out. I think no, I didn't. Yeah, do you, what's your no, hype you still didn't. out? What's your hype still out? I got I got two things. Okay. Um, there's a there's a guy at the club. <clears throat> he's uh, he's he he uh he's great, and I love him to death. 
uh, and I don't, I'm, I'm saying this cause I don't think that he's actually going to follow through on it. Mm-hmm. Um, his best friend used to lift at the club too. So there's these two guys that are, yeah. they were in college when they were lifting at the club and then one has gone on and he's moved, you know, he's, he's, he's moved far away from Rhode Island and the mm-hmm. other one stayed in Rhode Island. And I get a text from the guy who moved far away. Yep. And said, hey, we're going to be, we're doing a listen of your podcast. Because mm. it, it's somehow, I've been, you know, I'll be honest with you, I've been slipping. Yeah. Usually pretty tight-lipped about, you know, my personal life at the gym. But I've, I've been slipping a little bit and word got out. Yep. That, uh, that I, you know, I'm on this podcast. And, and <laughs> out of nowhere, I get this text message from from this kid, Mike, he's like, yeah, Everett and I are going to be doing a, a listen to your podcast. I said, don't waste your fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I'm still out on that because, you know, I, you know, I always get a little bit panicked when people that I like coach, like fall into this podcast. Like, what have I said? You know, like what have I actually said in the past? And are they going to like, you know, air my business out at the club, like, oh, we, you know, bad chance. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like I say anything bad anyway, but yeah. you know what I mean? I don't like people knowing me. Yeah. People knowing me. And then the second thing, uh, along with the fact that I've been slipping, there has been some discussion at the club early in the morning. So there's kind of like the same group of people that come in at the same times of the day, you know? Yeah. And there's a group of people in the morning that are more than eager to talk about the OC. Oh, wow. And there's this woman who trains it because she's our age, you know, she trains at the club and she's just, you know, uh, she's just like killer, you know, professional. She works for like Amazon. She's some like, you know, super high up (laughs) Amazon (laughs) professional. And we've been talking about the OC, and she's been trying to get me to watch Gossip Girl because it's like a New York City OC. What's by the same guy, right? Josh Schwartz or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but she's so deep in the OC, and then and then she caught wind that I'm, like, recapping the episodes yeah. on the pod. And she <laughs> came to me just, like, last week, and she's like, when are you going to have me on to discuss Marissa's <laughs> outfits? Sweet. She's like, tell me any episode, I will be ready to discuss it at the drop of a hat. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm into that too, but I'm trying to get Bill on this podcast first. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know After what I mean? Bill. After Bill. After Bill does his recap of Marissa's outfits, then we'll have her. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, we got to get Bill on here to talk about Miami Vice. Okay. He's a big Miami Vice. Have fan. you have you watched that movie? And if not, oh, did the, you know that it's on Netflix now? No, I've not watched it. P Dog was actually a fan of it. He loves Miami. He loves the original Miami Vice, but I think he enjoyed it. I think he enjoyed the remake. Or the remake. I think Miami Vice is a as a movie is the number one movie that you can enjoy earnestly and ironically at the same time. Ah, that's that's high praise. It is. It truly is. Uh, so check it out on check it out on Netflix and then and then get back to me. I want to get Bill on yeah. here to talk about Miami Vice. I've never actually gotten to listen to him opine about uh-huh. it, but that man knows Miami Vice better than I know anything in my life. Like, and uh, that's not even Miami in Vice? the top ten things that Bill knows. Yeah, Bill knows a lot of stuff. How Bill do you know Bill again? It, don't worry about it. Okay, all right. It's one of those things. 
Forget about it. No, no. I made friends with a guy that that trained at the club that was friends with Bill. Okay. That guy (laughs) introduced me and Bill. Oh, okay. Bill and I (laughs) are friends independent of that guy. Now, now, we're both friends with that OG guy because that guy, he's on a level two. He's a fucking great dude, right? But, like, Michael introduced me to Bill, and then Bill and I have just, like, stayed. Like, he had, like, a house party one night. Yeah. And (laughs) I sat next to Bill. I didn't know Bill from Adam. You know what I'm saying? We got to talking on one topic. And fucking four hours later, I ain't talked to a damn other person. I ain't interested in talking to anybody else. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Um, So, yeah, I mean, God, I think that was like two years ago, two and a half years ago. I don't even know. Wow. Anyway. Cool. Enough about my relationship with Bill. Yeah. What's your height still out? Uh, I just redid one of my aquariums, my aquascape. That little square one go. that I didn't have any fish in when you came, remember? Uh-huh. The, not the one uh-huh. with the shrimp, but the other one. I was like, man, I'm tired of this thing looking like this. So I got some uh, got some new driftwood and some new rock, put it in there. But uh, I got to I gotta put some plants in there and stuff. And so we'll see how it comes out, you know? Where did you get the driftwood? Uh, I bought it online. Why not? I mean, you're in Wilmington. I know, but like actually finding a good piece of driftwood. And also, like, if you get it, the thing is, getting driftwood from the beach, you have to do a whole long process to get the salt out of it and stuff, so it doesn't hurt your fish, you know, because they're freshwater fish. Mm. So it's it's a little difficult, um, and it, it's it's hard to find a really good piece of driftwood, you know. Surprisingly. No, I don't know. Okay. I you know, I mean, I'm not out here in these driftwood streets yeah. trying to talk. You about can the find it, but it depends on like what. Uh, it it depends like different geographic regions are better for it than others. And we just don't see a whole yeah, lot yeah. of like driftwood on our beaches. So yeah, more like I okay. could get, I could get an old tire from our beach, <laughs> put that in there, maybe a boot. <laughs> oh, that shouldn't have been that funny. <laughs> Every once in a while I just get you with one. That's not that funny, but it is <laughs> what you, uh, what you've been consuming. So I got a, I got an album, or a musician, a TV show, and and something else. Okay. The musician is a guy by the name of Early James. Okay. And I'm not sure. I'm not necessarily recommending it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, he's I and I don't even. I mean, he's like I don't know, man. I think you should listen to him, and I think you'll know after like three songs whether or not you like him. He's not country. He's not really Americana. He's not. He's not folk. He's more on the country side of everything, but he's he's got a real distinct voice, yeah, and a real distinct sound. And I don't really want to put it in a genre. You know what I'm saying? He's just singer songwriter. He's a little bit. He's a little bit strange. Yeah. Um. He's not. But he's not like weird. I man. I wish I had better a better idea of how to discuss him. He just had an album come out this year. Um, but his older stuff sounds good too. Um, but I was listening to the album that came out this year because I was, I, you know what I was doing? I was checking a bunch of other people's top 10 lists. Yeah. And he came up on somebody else's list. I was like, who the, f- who is this dude? I, how do you make a top 10 list? And I haven't even heard of you, mm-hmm. you know, w- within a certain range, you know, yeah. there's people out there that put top 10 lists out there. It's like, well, I haven't even heard a single person this, like yeah. whatever. 
But um, but this was a list that was like I knew everybody else except for early James. And I was like, okay, I'll go check this out. Which, you know, makes me think like every time when I do, like we did the whole podcast dedicated to that. And I didn't think. And then I went and put it on like my Instagram story and I saved it as a highlight. And I was like, nobody gives a shit about this. Right. And I, I got somebody messaged me just last week. And it actually, to your credit too, it was about live drugs. And somebody was like, thank you so much for like doing this because I've been listening to this album for the past two weeks. You know, people do pay attention. And I don't, I used to think I didn't really care, didn't really pay attention to other people's lists because I'm too selfish, but like I do. And I I found this dude because somebody else made a top 10 list. I didn't know who it was. And I was like, well, I like everything else on this list. Let me go check out early James. He's good. Mm -hmm. I bet you Tripp's already listened to him. Oh, I'm sure he has. Guarantee you, Mikey has. Yeah. I need to send you a – I follow this guy. He's like He owns a, a vinyl record store um, in Charlotte. I think his, his name yeah. is Noble Records or something. But he's, he does all these videos. He's like this, just this like bearded dude that does these videos about these records that he has in the shop and stuff. But I think yeah. he would probably like his stuff. Um, he did a top ten list, and he had some interesting ones on there that I had never heard of that I think that you would like more than I do because I checked him out, and they yeah. were like they were pretty good. But I think there's stuff that you would probably be more into. So I'm, I'm gonna have to send you a. I'll send you a link to his. I mean, yeah. It's like 15 minutes long or something, but it's he goes over the stuff that was like his favorites and what sold good in his store and everything this year. So he's got his whole channel's kind of cool because he goes over some like you know classic records you wouldn't think of and stuff. <clears throat> Okay. Well, so that's early James. Okay. And then I fell back asswards into a rewatch of the BBC's version of The Office. Yeah, we we you and I texted a little bit about that. Some quotes. We Did you get back to, into it? I haven't yet. Cuz I know the second that I get into it, I'm just going to be it's going to be my whole day. Gone. Yep. It's so good. Well, I so I went and I didn't know that it was I didn't really clock the fact that it was on Hulu. Yeah. And I just like pulled Hulu up one morning as I was eating breakfast. Just let me just have something on in the background here as I'm eating breakfast. And there was Ricky Gervais sitting behind the desk. And I said, you dirty bastard. <laughs> Women are just as filthy as men. And I, and I was like, I've watched season one too many times because I've tried to like, I've tried to do rewatches in the past. And yeah. I just kind of fizzled out a little bit. I was like, let me just go straight to season two. And not even season two, episode one. I went to season two, episode two. Yeah. And lo and behold, I made it all the way to the end in like a week. Yeah. You know, because it's not a big ask. It's six episodes, six episodes, and then two specials. And so I went from episode two all the way to episode six, you know, over the course of several days. And I was like, I'm not going to watch the Christmas special. Yeah. I'm going to go back to season one. I'm going to watch season one all the way through season two again. Yeah. And then I'm going to watch that Christmas special. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, man, I I've already texted with you about this, but for those of you out there that ride hard for the office, I know there's a lot of you out there, man, there's so much that I, I, cause at one point, right. And I think you were probably the same. I know grizzles was the same. I could quote every line to every episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, same here. And I, I I had that as a badge of honor for a long time. It's been enough time now that I forgot about certain moments. Now, you know, as soon, you know, it's like listening to an old album that yeah, you used to have memorized. As soon as one song's ending, you know what the sound of the next song's going to yeah. be. 
So I could see the scenes coming, but I had forgotten that they were those scenes. I was like, oh my God, this, you know, like Tim, you know, like I don't even want to, you know, it's, yeah. David's getting made redundant and he's wearing the fucking, he's wearing that ostrich outfit underneath <laughs> yeah. a red nose day. He's, he he's riding the, it's him riding the ostrich. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like makes the, it's great physical comedy because he just kind of makes the ostrich like put his head down like in yeah, shame. He's, peck at it. <laughs> yeah. peck at it. <laughs> oh my god. Like, that's that's how it came up. The, no, go ahead. What? Well, the photographer they're taking this picture outside with that lame <laughs> big check, and he says, oh, "I don't have my flash with me. We're probably not going to use these pictures anyway." Yeah, it just kicks him just while he's down. <laughs> oh, this is so bad. That's how I, I that's how I broke the news to you about uh losing the show. I was like, I've got <laughs> do you want the good news or the bad news first? That's good news and irrelevant that's bad news and irrelevant news. <laughs> it's just bad news and irrelevant news. Yeah. I said the the bad news is the bad news is lost the show. The good news is I've been promoted. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, you really got me. Yeah. You said the bad bad news or good news, and I said shit. And he said the bad news is we lost the show. And I said fuck. Well, what's the good news? And I, because I was like excited, I was like, oh, Joey's got good news. He said good news is I've been promoted. Fuck. It's just bad news, and irrelevant news. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Uh, it was. Uh, I mean, that's a classic quote from The Office. That I probably quote that British Office more than any media of all time to be honest with you 100 percent. and i quote it and almost nobody gets what i'm talking about because so, so few people have seen it you know you can still find them <laughs> i feel like around the time it was out it was such a hot thing because it was like we were just starting to really get bbc shows over here and stuff because it was yeah. 2000 right 99 2000 something like that 2001. something like that yeah um well and- no it was like 2004 wasn't that <clears throat> well yeah because i if i remember correctly i was in philadelphia at the time okay yeah but it, it around the time it was hot it, a lot of americans had seen it but now it has gotten overshadowed by the american office and mm-hmm. the american office has uh i would say aged poorly um still funny i but think just not as funny i think you'd find uh, well i think most people like i think it's uh, it's not nearly as bad as Game of Thrones, right? Nobody talks about Game of Thrones anymore. Right, yeah. But seasons <laughs> five through eight or five through seven of the American office, like, they beca- it became too predictable and whatnot. But, like, seasons two and three of the American office, I think they hold up. I'm not saying it's bad. I just think it's not as funny as I thought it was at the time. And I also okay, think that, fair. I also think people have killed it by just – memeing it to death you know yeah um which they don't do with the bbc office maybe they do in the uk but they don't um you know but i i still love the the american office i think it's really funny but i think that it's maybe not as funny as i thought at the time um but you know it's fine i uh i've got this there's this kid that trains at the club he's like 24 years old and, and he is like he 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 can't stop watching the American office. Yeah. He loves it. He, he'll bring out some deep, deep, deep cuts. There's some, really and he's, he, it, you know? <laughs> he asked, there's only a few of us there. He said, what's, who's your favorite character from the American office? And I said, 
There's actually only one correct answer to this. Okay. I'm wondering if you agree with me. Who's your favorite character? Well, tell me what, what it is. It's Michael Scott. Yeah. If you're trying, if you say anybody else, you're just trying to look cool. Yeah. He's, I mean, Steve Carell gives a performance that literally nobody else could do. Yeah. His nuance, his balance, his timing, like his expressions, his physical comedy, it's all there. And he can come right back into like how he kept his job, which like here and there, he'll show moments of real brilliance as a salesman, right? Like who else gives that performance? Nobody does. They tried to have everybody replace him in the final few seasons. Nobody could. Like he is the best character on that show. Yeah, he's he his nuance is like, and his nuance is better than than Gervais with the counterpart and David Brent. You know, he. I think uh, it's just different. Well, yeah, Scott is much more. Uh, it's like uh, it, when he's pathetic, you feel bad for him, and um, the British, uh, what's his name, David Brent is just pathetic but pathetic, you know? I mean, there are moments <laughs> where you feel bad for him, but him being pathetic is just like, oh, he's pathetic, you know? Well, I mean, our, I mean, and this is probably like, I mean, nobody even fucking cares about this shit anymore, yeah, but like, yeah. if you're listening to our podcast, obviously it doesn't matter. Um, I remember Gervais saying that when they were adapting it for the American audience, the difference between the British work culture and the American work culture is yeah. like, if you're not good at your job in England, you still don't get fired because it's so hard to fire anybody, mm, right? But right. if you're if you're not good at your job in America, like you'll get cut. Yeah. And so they had to make sure that, like at the end of the day, Michael Scott could be good at his job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that makes sense. Whereas David Brent is just consistently bad at his job. Like, so bad. But that's so, so great. Bad. He's such a great character. Probably entertainer third. <laughs> He's so good. Oh man, yeah, that's that's that show. Blotted, blotted, blotted. Sorry, it's so good. He's so, so good. good. Yeah, he's so good. He's so that fucking smile. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, smile, that look at the just... camera. <laughs> oh. How many this week, if you're counting? <laughs> yeah. How many? How many drinks have I had this week? <laughs> Professionalism is. So many good moments. This is this is gonna become a, a, a fucking yeah. quote off. Yeah, and that is what I want. <laughs> I can just go on forever. I'm just, I could I'm go just... on for twelve episodes plus two specials. <laughs> yeah. I'm just. You know, to, I think, think honestly, going back and watching it, it's it's crazy seeing how much like how much more nuance there was with Tim and Dawn. Yeah. And how, how much more meek Tim is mm-hmm. in everywhere except for winding up Gareth. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, it's not the same as Jim and Pam. It doesn't need to be, but like, I'm so, Here's the thing, I became because I did watch the American Office yeah. like on repeat to go to sleep for like years. And I was so much more tuned in to Jim that watching Tim is like, oh man, he this is, you know, he was doing his own thing. Like obviously t- Tim was the original. Yeah. 
Um, and that actor, I can't remember his name right now. You, you can, can you remember his name? Uh, yeah, he was in uh, he was in The Hobbit, right? He was in The Hobbit. He's in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yep. I I saw him on stage as uh, Richard the Third in the Shakespeare play. Really? Okay. Uh, oh. Yeah. He in London. He Martin killed Freeman. it. Martin man. Freeman. Martin Freeman. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. yeah he killed actor. it. He was yeah, good. I, I believe it. He's. I think he's a good actor. There's a lot of good actors. Yeah, I mean, everybody is. on that show is great. The uh, Dawn yeah. is in uh, Sabrina. She plays one of the yep. ants in Sabrina. Um, yeah, they're all they're all really funny. Um, and yeah. really good. Yeah, Jim treads dangerously close to just outright asshole in the American one, you know? Sure. Um, whereas Tim is just a lot more likable, you know? Just genuinely yeah. likable. Like you feel for him when when like especially like uh what's the what's the obnoxious guy? Um the salesman You're talking guy. About Dwight? No, the salesman guy that shows up. Oh, Chris Finch. Yeah, Chris, and he's really ruthless to Tim, you know. Yeah, and and you just you feel bad for him, you know. <laughs> he's like this clownish character, but he makes Tim feel really bad, you know, in certain situations. He's just really outright shitty to. Yeah, the, I think the most heartbreaking thing, and this was in season two. Tim's doing one of his talking head interviews. He's like, "Yeah, my life is, my life is a three right now." Yeah, and you could roll the dice again. You might wind up rolling a six. Yeah. He could roll a one. Yeah. I was like, yeah. fuck, man. Yeah. That is depressing. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so that's the TV show. Okay. <laughs> that's 25 yeah. minutes on a show everybody's sure. already watched. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm going to, I'm saying this to you, and I'm going to say this to everybody that's listening. If you've ever taken a recommendation from me, Okay. Go ahead and muster all the goodwill that I have okay. with you in your eyes and write down in and of itself on Hulu. All right, I'm writing it down. In yeah, in and of itself on Hulu. It's um it is a thing that I'm not gonna say anything more about. It's a movie? I'm not gonna say anything okay. more about it. All right. It's Fair uh enough. it's about a I think it's about uh, yeah, it's it's just under two hours. I think it's an hour and forty five minutes okay. of your time. And I and I at the very beginning, it says on the screen, <clears throat> please take the time to pay attention and put your phone down. Okay. Wow. And when I, so I had a friend text me three days ago and said, in and of itself on Hulu, I'm not going to say anything more about it. And this friend, I, you know, I trust his, I trust his judgment and I turned it on and it said, please put your phone down. And I said, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, uh, it had my attention. All right. I'm, I'm into it. It's cool. I'll it's not, it's head. not like, um, it's not extreme. Yeah, you know, there's it's not like a horror or anything like that. It's 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 not extreme extreme in any one direction or another. But I think it, I think if you if you're looking for something to watch, and uh, I mean I I don't you know just if you're an adult and you're looking for something to watch, watch it. Okay. All right, I straight. Will, I will watch it. Cool. We can talk about it next week, maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll I'll check it out. 
and I won't look okay, anything cool. up about it I, I, when you tell me to do that. Yeah, I don't look up. You don't need to look up anything yeah, about it. It's, and it's not the same as like what was that movie, Palm Palm Springs? Yeah, <clears throat> it's not like that. Okay, okay, it's not like that. It's just like I don't want to say too much about. So Andy Samberg's not in it. He's not in it. Okay. Shamefully, he's not in it. Okay. Not interested. Okay. What um, are you been consuming? So just a th- call back to the episode that we lost. Um, I was listening on that episode. I talked about how I was listening to the live David Bowie concerts. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and it's particularly the Glastonbury 2000, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah. Which is just fantastic live performance. And like, made me sad that I never got to see him live. And I had a chance in high school to see him on tour with nine inch nails. And how amazing would that have been? Um, did you get a chance to listen to any of that? Yeah, I, I went and listened to it. Um, I listened to the three things that we, I can't remember what those, oh, I went and listened to, oh, we, we were talking about No Doubt, Tragic yeah, Kingdom. Tragic Kingdom, yeah. I went and listened to that. I did I did go and listen to uh, Rancid's Outcome the Wolves. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and by the time I got to David Bowie, I was kind of like starting to itch yeah. to like listen to my own thing again, yeah. you know? Um, and I listened to maybe three songs yeah and i was like man i really want to enjoy this more but i'm just not going to enjoy this enough right now to keep pushing through so i need to go back and listen to it on like a fresh day you know yeah yeah i think maybe when you're doing something else in the house or something and you just want to put it on and have it have it going and then you'll be like oh i love that song um yeah you know that 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 glassenberry performance is particularly great um they've released a lot of stuff after he passed away i think um, and I think that was one of them that they had not released before, um, based on the, you know, Spotify tells you like the year it was released or whatever. And it just seemed like a lot of that stuff came out in 2020, but, um, fantastic performer live. Um, also been listening to that dissect podcast, which we talked about last time. Um, oh yeah. About Kanye's dark twisted fantasy, beautiful. dark. Where twisted are you? Fantasy. Um, I am, uh, I just finished all the lights, I think. Okay. Cause yeah. I just finished, I went back to it today and I fishing, I finished the two part runaway episodes. Yeah. I, I, I'm excited to get to that. Um, I do. Yeah. I just love that guys in depth. I mean, he, he loses me sometimes in the music theory stuff, but in, in a good mm-hmm. way where I'm like, this is impressive. I don't really understand it, but um, yeah, I'd really like that. He's made me appreciate Con- Kanye's lyrics more. Um, particularly we we mentioned this last time, but obviously no one heard it. Um, but there's this lyric from, ah, it's from that, from, is it dark fantasy is the first song on the album? I think. Yeah. I think it's that one where he says, uh, at the mall, there was a seance, all kids, no parents. Um, and the sky filled with herons. And I always thought that was a throwaway thing because I thought that he was just rhyming. He needed a word to rhyme. And so he used herons, and I was like, "Why do you use herons?" But then the guy on the sect is like, "Yeah, he references herons because they're a sacred Egyptian bird, and the whole album has Egyptian, uh, you know, mythology mixed in with it, and all this stuff." And I was like, "Damn!" All this time I thought it was like Kanye was being a weak lyricist; he was actually next leveling me and being way smarter than I am, you know? Yeah. Um. There's stuff on there that's just amazing to me. Like there's obscure samples of classic seventies rock and stuff or sixties rock that I'm like, man, I, how was, how did Kanye find this? Cause I would never know how to, where to find that, you know? 
Um, right. How did he find that? And like, is Kanye's just listening to like sixties garage rock, you know, <laughs> like, um, right. which he might be. I, I, I don't, I don't doubt <clears throat> that he is, but I, it's impressive to see like the guy is really a genius. Um, as like, as hard as it's been to be a Kanye fan, it, it's kind of, it, 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 everything makes sense when you, especially when you listen to this, you know? Um, so I, I'm, I'm in super into it. I'm gonna keep listening to it. I'll, I'm sure I'll check back in on it. Um, I also had some, some throwbacks for you. All right. This, these are going to make you feel some sort of way. Okay. Okay. I can't wait. Can I interest you in, uh, Childish Gambino's first two mixtapes? I am not a rapper. Yes. One and two. Uh, I am. uh, Where did you, where did you listen to that? So I have realized I have been spoiled by Spotify and I've realized that I'll be like, Oh, I want to hear that album. Oh, it's not on Spotify. And then I realized, Oh shit. I have my whole old iTunes folder sitting on this hard drive that I have hooked up to my computer all the time. And I was like, all this stuff is on there. I'm just too lazy to go find it. So I, this was like two nights ago. I was like, I want to listen to that Childish Gambino mixtape. It's not anywhere because it uses, you know, unlicensed music. And so I have it in a folder on the hard drive, and I just listen to it on my computer. Um, I am jealous. I would I love to go to back you. and listen to that. I can put it on Dropbox or something. Yeah. It's it, it, For those of you who don't know, there's probably a whole slew of Childish Gambino fans that have no idea that he ever had these mixtapes. But it was a big deal. It was, it was. I think he released them before he got big on Community. Um, Yo, he released them while he was still working for um, Tina Fey. Yeah, yeah. That that where that he was tracks. at Thirty Rock. Uh-huh. He was writing at Thirty Rock. He was writing at Thirty Rock. Um, and they're, they're both of the tape mixtapes uh, heavily sample indie rock. Um, like oh yeah, uh, Grizzly, Bear, Grizzly Bear, Animal Collective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of like. Shit. It's like kind of interweaving these like, uh, it's like this interesting fusion because he's he's into that kind of music, you know, and because uh, he 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 talks a lot about like how he's into LCD sound system and all these these groups uh, kind of in you know that's like indie electronic stuff. But um, anyway, that the, the first two mixtapes are really good. Uh, I mean, his later stuff's good too, but it's kind of hit or miss for me later. Um, some of it is like general generationally, I feel like I'm too old for it. But like, yeah, I like, I like sure. the I like the camp album a lot, and um, I like his new. I like uh, this. Uh, this is America is just the greatest thing he's ever done. You know, um, what an amazing <clears throat> piece of art. But uh, the the these these first two mixtapes are still pretty good. He's got some pretty good lyrics. You know, he's um, clever as shit. Very clever uh, lyrics and um, interesting. Yo, I remember. I remember. Um, when I had those, I had them like, yeah, I had them. That was when I was still updating my phone for my computer. Yeah. And so my entire music library, you know, I was putting it on my phone from right. my computer. <clears throat> and I remember being, call back to Papo, being in the car with Papo and like he, you know, he always kind of like looks askance at me suggesting hip hop to him because he's one of those like, 90s era New York City is about as good as uh, we're gonna get for hip hop, and um, and he was like, "You talking about this guy from Community?" I was like, "Yeah, man, just fucking listen to it." And he went on a fucking tear. He's like, "Holy shit, this guy's awesome!" And like, this was back then. Listen to it for like two months. This was back then or recently? This was back then. This was back, you know, this was years ago. 
That's good. I, I like that callback. I appreciate yeah. you for that one. It's interesting to listen to it after having watched Atlanta. And he weaves uh-huh. a lot of himself into Atlanta. You can just tell um, as far as like uh, how he feels in his community that he grew up in and like how his like tastes are different than than other his peers, you know, and other people that, that he wants to be taken seriously in the in the rap game. But also people don't take him seriously at times, you know, um, yeah. and, and listening to that mixtape. It's like, oh, wow, this is a lot of there's a lot of that woven into that, you know. Um, so it's really good. I'll, I'll put it on Dropbox for you. Um, I appreciate that. Another thing I listened to is I went back and listened to, uh, the live recordings from the orange peel sessions from the smashing pumpkins shows. Oh my God. That we went to. Right yeah. That you yeah. and I went to one of those shows. Famously, Billy Corgan and the smashing pumpkins had a residency. They did one in LA at the Fillmore, right? Was, oh no, San Francisco, the Fillmore. And then, they did one at the Orange Peel in Asheville. It was totally random. They chose the Orange Peel, which is a cool venue, but it's like Asheville, really? Um, which was awesome. And we were working at camp at the time. And they did, it was like 10 shows. Like they they booked the Orange Peel for like two weeks of shows. And it was hard to get tickets. And I got tickets and we went. And it was mostly, you know, it was, it was Billy Corgan and Jimmy Chamberlain. And then uh, there was two fill, two people filling in the other two roles. But Billy Corgan was doing like he was like writing songs of the day of and playing them that night, playing a bunch of B sides and rare stuff. And every night set list was different. And I have every single one of those shows. I cannot wow. remember which show we went to. I can probably figure it out if I can look through my old tickets. Just listen to for the guy uh, yelling today in today? the background. <laughs> That's you. That was you yelling today. <clears throat> screaming. While yeah. he's playing today. Dave is yelling today. Play today. <laughs> um but Man, there's some good that he brought it. They 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 brought it for that those shows. They were awesome, and and they they're the recordings I have are from the board, and they're just so good, you know. Um, you, you can yeah. like jump around in them and find the songs that you want to hear. That that they some of these songs they never played live before that, you know. Um, just just B sides and and rare stuff off the albums. Um, really good. Uh, it made me, and it made me. I th- I thought very fondly of us going to see a show because it was really fun. Um, and uh, another one that's gonna gonna get you is uh, Frank Ocean's mixtape, first mixtape, <laughs> Nostalgia Ultra. I think it's called, right? Yeah. Um, I always called it Ultra, but um, man, so good. Uh, also has a bunch of unlicensed music on it, so you cannot find it anywhere. But I found it. I could that one. I did not have in my iTunes, but I found it on a download site today and got it. Uh, <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, it, somebody. I need you to put it. that up on Dropbox too. I will. Yeah, uh, that <clears throat> notably the the best track on that I think is that his strawberry his his cover of Strawberry Swing by Coldplay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which is odd because you wouldn't think like a cover of Coldplay by Frank Ocean would be something that was like profound, but he he writes his own lyrics to it, and it's this kind of post-apocalyptic song about you know the world. I, don't, I think I've only listened to that like twice. That album, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I crushed it a lot when it came out. I, I think you probably told me to listen to it, and I listened to it a million times, and I never really got it. Like I really want to go back and listen to his other stuff, like Blonde or whatever. But yeah. I, I just and none of it ever grabbed me like that first mixtape did. And he, he, he also uses uh, you know, Coldplay and Radiohead. There's some Radiohead samples on there. Um, 
it's just really good. He's a, he's a really talented artist. Under underrated, yeah. I think. Um, deserves more more attention than he gets, I think. But yeah, that that was great. So I'm gonna put those on Dropbox for you. And uh, also, we don't have to talk about this very long. But Jackie just finished her first watching of The Godfather. Yeah, she'd never what? seen it before. She'd never seen it before. And I didn't know how she was going to like, because it's a long movie, and like I didn't know, I, I, it was not just her, I, anybody I would introduce The Godfather to, I love it, but I could see someone be, not it not holding their attention, I guess. Um, because I it's, guess. Because it's so, it's very dense. You know, it's very like, you got to keep up with who's in this. It, you know, it's a lot of characters that you, you got to keep up with and everything, but she just totally loved it, um, which was awesome to watch it with her. I've gotten to see a bunch of classic movies that she just missed out on. Like we went to see Alien in the theater together, and that was just cool to witness her see that for the first time. So seeing, watching her watch The Godfather was really cool, and that movie is still awesome. And the yeah. best part is we we get to watch Godfather two next, which is even better. And then you know what's even better than that? Not Godfather. Every time I get out, they pull <laughs> me back in. <laughs> oh man. Oh. She's, you know she's gonna make me watch three. She's gonna make me watch three. Hell, she's you know she is. She's a she completionist. A completionist. Uh, it, it, the whole th- the whole movie. It was funny because she was like, "Who is that?" I was like, "That's Al Pacino." <laughs> she's like, "Holy shit!" They pulled me back. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, "Holy shit!" He's so young. He was yeah, so young. That's Diane Keaton. That's uh, you know, it's like all these like great actors in that. It's amazing. Um, God. Definitely not overrated. There's some there's some old films like that, that that I think get a little overrated, but this is The Godfather's so good. Yeah, I mean, there's so and there's so much about that about like you know they were they were trying to get rid of Pacino. They didn't want him. In, yeah, didn't you want know, him. it was Coppola alone, and it uh, wasn't until the scene where he you know leave leave the gun, take the cannoli. That that daily is what let uh, let let him stay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, they didn't want Brando either. Shit. You can't imagine that picture without Brando, you know? Like, God, there's so many good people. James Caan. You know? Give me a shot. Give me a shot. Give me a shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, just great to watch that. Um, Robert Duvall, man. Come on. <sighs> I still, like... I call Papa my consigliere. Yeah, he, I he is. <laughs> he is your consigliere. Now I'm thinking about you've got mail. Where it was it? What was her name? What was um Meg Meg Ryan? Meg Ryan. Yeah, she's. They're like emailing back and forth. Her and Tom Hanks, and you know he 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 mentions this uh, Godfather reference about going to the mattresses. Like, Why does every man use Godfather as references for stuff? <laughs> Anyway, whatever. Big jump yeah. there from Godfather to You've Got Mail. Oh, another but. classic film. Now we're, we're talking about yeah, the Pantheon. Equal. The, great. the money's for, the equal, money's for yeah. both dances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this is a podcast for us. It is. All right. Is. Uh, is that it? Is that and all you've been Now we can get to the good part of the show, which is not the good part this week because we have to rehash <laughs> what we talked about last week because we look i mean at the end of the day if you're not watching the oc get the fuck out welcome to the oc bitch um we are covering david wanted to skip it 
but I talked him into. Yeah, I did. I was like, we're got, we gotta be this. Jackie's taught me well about being a completionist. Somebody's gonna find our podcast. Yeah, how many fucking hours of Sam Rockwell bullshit you've been watching? Well, is it that best strategy or what? <laughs> well, we don't leave Sam Rockwell out of this. Uh, we did watch Confessions of a Dangerous Mind recently, and that's a great Sam Rockwell movie. Um, but this is we are covering. We're not skipping it because we already talked about it. We're covering briefly. We're going to cover the OC episode twenty, the telenovela. And God, I, what is the plot of this episode? Um, everybody's well. There's there's drama. There's love triangle stuff going on, right? Once again, so love triangles. I, I can't. I can't believe you're getting me to. Oh, well, God, you just I gotta, recently watched I gotta do it. Joey's job. Well, I can do okay. it. I mean, it's like no, no, no. The A story is um, Ryan and Marissa are kind of going back to school together after the Oliver incident, and Ryan doesn't really trust or necessarily and navigating their be. new relationship. Yeah, relationship. Yeah. Also, conveniently. Old flame, old next door neighbor Teresa has come from Chino to uh, work a job in the OC, and they run into each other. They've they've they're, they're rekindling a friendship. And what we don't know as an audience, what we learn as the episode goes on, is that she has been proposed to by her boyfriend Eddie, and has run away from Chino to escape having to make that decision, and is kind of running toward Ryan. Yeah. To see whether or not that decision should be made, yes or no. Um, so we've got that happening, this kind of situation where Ryan and Marissa are trying to navigate potential friendship, and there's a running joke throughout the episode whether or not they were ever actually friends to begin with. Yeah, and lot, then, lots, lots uh, made out of that. <laughs> you know, Teresa's showing up is causing some complications there. Um, with the uh, Cohen parents... Um, Kirsten's father, Caleb, has come to Kirsten to ask whether or not he can ask Sandy as a favor to help his friend, Uncle Fucker. Uncle Sean. Uh, Uncle Sean. Uncle Sean yeah. with some legal trouble. Uncle Sean is a fixer for the 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 the, the Newport group, the real estate group yeah. that Caleb and Kirsten own. Um, we learn about some drama as this episode goes on. Of course. Uh, Sandy is smug about uh, offering assistance to Caleb. He's never done it before. It doesn't seem like he wants to do it now, but he'll look into it. As he looks into it, it turns out Uncle Sean is a fixer, and the situation that he's found himself in was more intentional than accidental. Drama ensues because Uncle Sean may or may not speak or, or tweet to the DA and whether or not if he airs some dirty laundry to the DA, then Kirsten's complicit and yeah. Caleb is now kind of blackmailing Sandy to, to help uncle Sean. Um, and the more endearing, although at times problematic storyline between Seth and summer is that now Seth and summer are together. They have had sex. They are, uh, in navigating the sexual waters as teenagers are wont to do, but they return to the Harbor school and summer is neglecting and at times outright ignoring Seth while at school yet wanting to still spend time with him outside of school. And we, during this entire episode are thinking to ourselves as an audience, like we thought you were better than that summer. We thought you found your true love summer. Like what is the yeah. deal here? Why are you neglecting him? And Seth, uh, through the guidance of 
very recent ex-girlfriend, Anna, um, has decided to make a stand for himself. And he's gone on sexual strike with Summer until she recognizes him in public. And we are on Seth's side. We are rooting for Seth to finally get the recognition he deserves from Summer, you know, who we we imagine is destined to be with if she could just wake up to the reality that the two of them are, are wonderfully compatible. And um, and we have a major, major, just uh, paradigm-shifting turn of events in the third act of the episode where Summer admits to Anna that she really cares for Seth and she does not believe that Seth would actually want to be with her. He's smarter than she is. He's funnier than she is. And to be dumped by Seth would be confirmation of all of her worst fears, that she's not lovable, she's not worthy of love, which we can all kind of agree is nonsense. But of course, one's perception of oneself is never really, you know, as valid as others' perception of um and last but not least i think we 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 have entered the tawdry uh, at best with uh now confirmed 18 year old high school sophomore luke <laughs> yeah notably they made a point to confirm that luke is 18 years old and yet somehow a sophomore so yep uh luke <clears throat> is um uh engaging in in sexual relations with julie cooper um, newly single Julie, uh, once married to um, Jimmy, uh, in the process of divorce with him, and also having been in a relationship with Caleb, now has moved from the oldest on the show to the youngest on the show of legal age and is experiencing nights in a $79 motel. Uh, which happens to be the same motel that Teresa is staying in. Mm-hmm. And that is, I, I'd say that is the ultimate kind of like we've set up for all the uh, storylines in the episode. Yeah, very good job. You did a better job than I ever do on the uh, on the wrap-up. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I always said I belong behind the desk, but, you know, well, you, you're so you're, desperate this, this for your, it. Yeah, keep it. Keep up the good work. You might get here. You got potential. <laughs> keep, up shows the that, yeah, keep up the doodling. Um, no, very good. Very good. Uh, notably with the hotel thing or the motel thing, there's some, you know, oh oh God, are they going to run into each other between Julie and Marissa and, you know, Therese, everybody, you know, Luke. I mean, at the end of the episode, Luke walks into the hotel room or Julie walks into the hotel room. And then as that door is closing, the next door is opening with Marissa walking. Because Marissa has gone to Teresa for advice about Ryan, and Teresa spills her guts about her engagement and all this stuff, and yeah. Um, so the Ryan storyline was not very interesting in this episode. I didn't think it was fine. Um, nope. but the Summer and Seth one is is pretty interesting because you know getting to the bottom of like Summer, who seems so sure of herself, is actually very insecure. And we judged her, you know, as the show has has misdirected us to do, we've judged her as being rude, outright purposefully rude to Seth when she's actually just kind of pushing him away because she feels unworthy, you know? Yep. Um, and it was, it was interesting to see that. It was also interesting to see how uh, 
you know, Anna plays the fairy godmother kind of in this, you know, where she against like she probably shouldn't be helping Seth, but she she cares about Seth enough that she helps him with, you know, in true, uh, you know, teen comedy, teen romantic comedy style helps him, you know, deal with this summer situation. Um, yeah. <clears throat> what what other notes did you have that you wanted to go over? Well, I think um, you know, just just minimal here. Uh, for first and foremost, that we open we opened the episode with Marissa going in for a kiss on Ryan, and Ryan's giving her the most uh, uh, just the most hardcore swerve swerve that we've swerved yet. Yeah. And I just wrote fuck Marissa for wanting no consequences. Yeah, it, it is a little bit of, I mean, it, and Ryan takes it as a slap in the face. It's like, no, she literally know, says, you, I just want to go back to like everything was before the whole thing. But that's a very immature, once again, she's playing a teenage character, you know, that's, that's right. something a teenage girl would or, or boy would do, you know, to try well, to get look, out of man, consequences. Fuck teenagers, man. I ain't hanging out with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're watching a show about them. I'm watching the show about him. I ain't trying to hang out with teenagers. Look, I'm watching. I'm watching the Sandy Cohen show. Okay, <laughs> I do love some Sandy Cohen. Um, also on on Marissa, the outfit she's okay. So she's wearing a normal outfit at school, and then they go after school. They go to Ryan's house to play video games. That same ninja, the ninja game. Uh, Marissa's video game outfit was a dress, a black dress with a white long sleeve t-shirt on underneath it. Cause it was a strapless dress. She's wearing a purple belt on the outside of the dress and blue jeans underneath the dress. <laughs> There's a lot of layers. I think one. this yeah. is the number one most like Marissa outfit of all. But that was a very, that was a look then uh, the jeans under the dress thing, you know? Sure. That was a whole, yep. that was a look. Then it, it, it still bugs me that they, they treat that game, which is a, a beat em up game, as a fighting game. Yeah. They're like, oh, you beat me. It's like you cannot beat somebody at Dynasty Warriors that I'm aware of. Yep. It's like a co op game. Shit, now, whatever. I'm going to move into another point here. And, and I remember we had a discussion about this last week. And I think we disagreed about this, but I'm going to bring it up again and I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to change your mind. Okay. When Julie Cooper comes to the Harbor School for a parent-teacher conference, she sees Luke in the hallway. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think you changed my mind about this last time, now that I'm thinking about it. Luke is visibly shook. He cannot keep his cool. He's having a hard time. He starts freaking out, especially when Jimmy Cooper shows up. Hey, Luke. He's like, oh, hey, Mr. Cooper. And then he's like trying to get out of the situation. He fumbles his words. He fumbles on a door. Yeah. And I'm just left thinking like Luke is Luke is supposed to be a player. He was, you know, this philanderous kind of boyfriend when he was dating Marissa. He was, he was hooking up with these girls at Holly's Beach House and whatnot. And I said he would he would have kept his cool a lot better. And if I remember correctly, you said, well, when they went on down to TJ and he got busted, he didn't really keep his cool too well there. He wasn't playing it off. But yeah. I I have to think that that's a little bit different situation. Obviously, there was some drinking involved. It's TJ. You know, it's TJ. It's T- hey, what, and, what goes on in TJ? And he was he was caught red-handed there in the uh in the in the in the club. And he's already got the drama going on with Ryan or with Ryan. He doesn't know who this guy is coming through. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna give him a break on TJ. And I'm gonna say again, it's out of character for Luke to be so sh- visibly shook by a situation 
that involves a woman and him in sexual past because he's been he's been kind of presented as the player yeah but i think that i don't think he really is a player i think he wants to be a player i think he's trying to be that role you know but that's not who luke really is as a character that's what that's what this julie so here for this third layer depth like psychoanalysis of luke on the oc like this is why we're friends (laughs) exactly this is this is important Luke, that we have established that Luke has more layers to him. He's not just the confident jock. He's got these. That's what. That's why this whole storyline with Julie it feels like this enormous step back for him, and I don't like it because I feel like we have established that he really he's a, he's a guy that can get his feelings hurt. You know, um, yeah. We saw that with his dad and everything that happened with that, and like we we have compassion for him. He's not just. We, we were supposed to think he was just the 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 teen movie jock asshole and he's more than that you know and i think this shows that like he's still immature and still insecure about a lot of things the way he interacts with julie at in public you know and yeah. he's infatuated by her too you know and she has this kind of spell over him so oh, it's so funny when he it's so high school yeah. when he uh <laughs> they're in that motel and he's like this is the best. We could just stay here forever. It's we got all we need. We've got cable. We've got a bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is immature. Like, uh, yeah. It's like, <clears throat> brother, come on. Yeah. Yeah. But I, 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 unfortunately, I feel like they just don't know what to do with Luke. So they kind of wrote the storyline to have something for him to do, you know? And sure. But, um, it's still kind of icky to me, but I am glad they established that he's 18 because it's not against the law, but yeah, still gross. Um, <laughs> are you ready to move on to other stuff in this? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> notably, I have Caleb's, uh, what's a booty call? Oh yeah. I just have a booty call, a <laughs> booty call. <laughs> yeah. So Caleb shows up and tries to get with Julie and she's like, is this a booty call? And he's like, what is a booty call? And he says it in this way. And I, I noted last time that the actor that plays him is actually British or Australian, I think. So you can mm-hmm. kind of see it's almost like a true reaction from him as this proper, you know, Australian <laughs> guy or something. that He wouldn't know what a booty call was or something, you know, um, which this was early in the, the early in the days of using the term booty call, you know, um, yep. or in, in popular culture, I guess. Uh, so that was a funny moment. Um, <laughs> they, they do make a lot of uh, "hello friend" references in the whole thing. <laughs> when uh, yeah. when Teresa shows up at the house and uh, Seth sees her, and she's he's like, "Oh, hello friend," because he's giving Ryan such a hard time about his quote unquote friends who are people he's involved with or trying to be involved with, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean, for me, it was uh, so. When were they ever friends from Sandy to Seth? And Seth makes that big turn over yeah. to Ryan. Look him right yeah, in the right to stare down and just cuts yeah. right to another episode, another element. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. also a nice moment between, again, Peter Gallagher and uh, Adam Brody. Um, mm-hmm. Great, great acting together. Um, <clears throat> what else? Oh, I had trivia here that. Uh, they make a Greece reference, and that was because Peter Gallagher oh, right. was in Greece on Broadway at some point in time. So they uh, they make a reference to Sandy's time on the stage in college in Greece. Um, 
And so that's a little little piece of trivia. Um, triangles hurt people. Remember that from from Seth? Oh shit! Seth pointed like, edges. Yeah, the pointed edges. And then and then Seth goes on to call it more of a rhombus because there's four people involved because because uh, Eddie is involved. Um, yeah. And then are we ready to talk about this? Like, kind of one of the important moments of the show where Seth shows up at the kissing booth. Well, the most important ep- uh, moment of the episode where Ryan is walking along the beach with Teresa and he says there's no such thing as just ice cream in Newport. <laughs> yeah. They have car spas. With the, yeah. the, <laughs> the Mojave 3 Bluebird of Happiness song cue, which arrives two more times in the episode, which is a great... Here's the thing. It's a great song, but it's a nine-minute song, and the first three minutes are fucking incredible, and the final six minutes, I'm out. I See, I went and listened to that. Say the name of that song again and the artist. Mo- uh, Mojave 3. Um, Bluebird. I just deleted Bluebird it of Happiness. Like that. Bluebird of Happiness. Yeah, I like the whole song. Oh yeah, I know. I I knew I you would. I knew you would it, yeah. because it is your style. Yeah. It's more your style. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I should have talked the 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 the. It's not shit. It's just not for me. Yeah. 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 yeah that that song is that's one of the musical cues I actually missed, and you brought it up last episode. That like, oh, this song's important. Um, mm-hmm. which is a good one. Um, and then talking about another important musical cue is uh, the scene where Seth shows up at uh, Summer has agreed to do this kissing booth. So this seems completely unsanitary and insane, especially in a, a post pandemic or <laughs> a, in the middle of a pandemic. But um, she's she's charging ten dollars at this kissing booth for charity to kiss all these boys, right? Yeah. And uh. Seth shows up and it's all the jocks and everybody that's his enemy, you know, and he shows up and he stands, <laughs> he kind of like shakily stands on the, like the desk that she's behind or the, whatever the, the bar she's behind. And he's making this grand gesture, you know, to like, you need to recognize me as your boyfriend. Um, and she's horrified at first, but not because she's ashamed of him, but because she's insecure, you know, Yep. And then he, he does this kind of teen movie monologue thing and uh, asks her to stand up with him. And, uh, you know, otherwise it's going to be super embarrassing. And he's taking a risk by doing this. And her face eventually turns from being horrified to really appreciating that he cares enough about her to make an idiot of himself. And she takes his hand and stands on the, the bar with him. Um, and all the, the cheerleaders go, oh, and all the boys go, you know, and uh, that that song that plays during that scene is Patrick Park's Something Pretty, which is a really nice song. Very country kind of infused indie rock. Uh, another great, great song on the soundtrack. So. And that- At, all in all, it's a better episode than I thought it was after the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Like. Like it's you know it's good it's a fine episode I think the one thing that you brought up last time where it was like, uh, why is this called a telenovela? Is it because we've got the introduction of Teresa, you know, and there's a somewhat you know problematic to just like reference like uh, Hispanic term for the soap opera just because we've got a Hispanic, Hispanic character, character involved yeah. in the episode. And, I, I, uh, I don't know if that's racist, but it's worth noting as like, maybe this is problematic. Um, it's not for us yeah. to judge that, I guess. So. 
Um, but yes, <laughs> that is a little bit like uh, there's no Come other on. reason. Other Come, than on. That. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Um, that that's another thing that has aged poorly. But I mean, it is nice that the show. I feel like overall has aged pretty well. You know. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it's and it is still interesting. I th- I think this episode is pretty solid. I think that that grand gesture of Seth is one of the standout moments of the whole series for me. Of him standing on the, you know, doing the "Oh Captain, My Captain" from Dead Poet Society thing and standing on the desk, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, that's just a nice moment. It's it's just a nice, you know, romantic rom com moment, you know, and uh, and and we love Seth and Summer together, and and Summer is like they're developing now. Summer's really coming into her own as the my favorite character, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this is where she crosses the Rubicon. Mm-hmm. She does. She's, you know, she finally accepts, like, oh, I can be more than just what this social structure has made me. You know, this high school social structure has made me out to be. I can, I can like comic books, and I can date the nerdy guy, and you know, be myself. So, really like that. Uh, once again, like the Ryan Teresa stuff just kind of falls a little flat for me. It's just not that interesting, but I do like Teresa a lot and the actress that plays her. Yeah. I think she's real solid, really good. Uh, they do have some nice moments together. So I do, you do genuinely feel like, oh, these are childhood sweethearts and there's still some spark there, you know? Yeah. And also, I'm like, oh, I think we're going to, we're going to, I mean, Ryan comes at the end and he tells her not to leave. Yeah. Well, it's believable. And also, I'm like, you know what? Marissa had her chance and she took the other guy's side, you know, and that guy went out to be a psychopath. So yeah, he's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like Ryan's trying to give himself permission to move on, you know, but he, he also feels like responsible for Marissa. I think, you know, like he's protective of her, which he's always, yeah, a little caretaker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's some of that vibes. Um, also there's uh we, we, we mentioned this last time, the guy who plays Eddie is one of the classic that guys from that era of TV and movies. Um, solid actor. He's just been in a bunch of stuff and I don't know what his name is, but he's always that dude. And he always looks the same, you know, and everything. He's uh he's poor man's kid Ulrich. <laughs> yeah. That's what you said last time. Uh, I think this was well, probably I was allowed one to of, say it again. <laughs> uh, I think this is one of his early roles too, but I think he got a lot more work. Um, after this and and notably he he and ryan grew up together too they know each other right he was friends with ryan's brother and i think that comes to play uh is important and you know every so often we have a reference to ryan's brother you know as as ryan tries to escape chino and now chino comes to him yeah well thanks for indulging <laughs> me in uh re 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 recapping that episode because i think that i want you know want us to have to cover everyone so um yeah no it's good that we covered it i'm ready to move on i'm ready to move to the next episode i was excited yeah I you am know I was, i'm excited to get into some freshies yeah and now we're like now we've got a buffer in between the the oliver stuff and now we're truly kind of feel like it's moving on to something else you know so that's nice. Yeah. And we're we're coming up on the end of the the season too, you know. 
We don't have a lot left. We are. I mean, what next episode is episode twenty-one of twenty-four. Yeah. If, if, if I'm right. So we're. I, I and see... I, you know, I'm gonna bring it back up. I, I think you're gonna push back, and I think I'm gonna allow for you to push back. But I am gonna suggest us just recapping season one and then moving to another show. Because if I remember correctly, the fall off from season one to the rest of the seasons is dramatic. Although I think season two is like just one step down, whereas yeah. seasons three and four is like major steps down. So we'll, we'll have that conversation. Yeah, we can future. figure that out. I, 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 I don't know. I do. Lo- I really think season two is really good, but I know season three of four is <laughs> probably unwatchable at this point. But yeah, maybe we do. Really... Maybe we just do one too. I mean, we'll see, you know, what's up? we'll see how we feel. I mean, we'll see how that cliffhanger at the end leaves us. I'm just saying, hey. I assume there's a cliffhanger. I'm not spoiler alert. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember what it is, but I'm sure it's going to be great. At this point, I don't remember shit. So, um, I really don't know what's, what's coming up. So, which is kind of nice. I'm kind of excited. And I think this has got to be like the last kind of arc of the season, right? Probably. Um, yeah, I think so. No, I think th- now I think that, I know what the cliffhanger hour. was. Yeah. Okay. You just spoiled it for me Sorry. by reminding me. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you blame me for that. That's yeah. Yeah, I'm it. sorry that you re- remember things. That's, that's, that's <laughs> a terrible thing. All right. Well, I guess uh, you can check us out, iolts.com, our shady website. You can email us. Uh, I only like their old stuff at gmail.com. Um, and uh, anything else? You got anything else? No, oh, man. I'm all good. I am going to back the episode up before I uh, do anything else. So. I have learned a new thing in my workflow. I'm going to export the file and save it. So, all right. Well, I guess we out.